classes every day, Ayurveda and Yoga, recorded at Halepule on beautiful Kauai. Each month we cover topics that can help you find balance in your life through food, good living, and the eight limbs of Raja Yoga. Learn more at halepule.com. And here's the show. Hello everyone, this is Myra. And Kelsey. With Holly Pulley's Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga Podcast. I've been contemplating the notion that the yoga practices guide us to be in the world but not of it. What a promise to be in the world but not of it. This is a great way to describe non-attachment, which is Vairagya in Sanskrit. Non-attachment wasn't what I thought. It wasn't having to give everything up. It wasn't about not caring about things or people in my life. Vairagya in its truest sense has to do with detachment in the mind. And I found that to be more difficult than letting go of material objects. But I've also found that I want that mental freedom even more than wanting to appear like a yogini who's not attached to physical things on the outside. This was all new to me when I started studying yoga with you, Myra, and life-changing. What was it like for you when you first learned about Vairagya? Learning about Vairagya was one thing, and then being able to apply it in my life was the next step. You know, it was easy to do, actually, with my physical things. It was much more difficult for me in relationships. And it really had to do with me becoming honest with myself. So it's the other practices of yoga, the yamas, and practicing honesty and self-honesty, for example, in uh, satya. But as that came around and I could see how it all fit together and it really applied in my life, then I could experience um, a lot more depth in my life because I, I started to have more reliance on the God of my heart rather than things and people and what they were doing or not doing. Would you say it's gotten easier then? Much so. Yeah. yeah, much so. And I don't find myself grasping to things uh, like I used to. Yeah. And, and, but it is much faster to let go if I find that I am holding on to something. But once I learned to look at it through the, through the lens of yoga and Ayurveda, it changed the process of life for me. What was the most challenging mental attachment you've let go of? And how did you do it? I think... Um, I think one of the most challenging things was to let go of how my parents chose to have their life in their later years. They chose a route that was very different than what I would have chosen or what I would have chosen for them. But obviously it wasn't my job to choose it for them. And so it was a really wonderful exercise in Vairagya. And, and having non-attachment and being able to be non-attached with them. In other words, to just accept them and love them just the way they were, were right at that moment and to be helpful to them. And how did you do that? I did that by using the practices of yoga that I was just speaking about. I learned to be honest with myself that I was trying to control or that I wanted to control how they were doing things, for example. And so each piece as it would come up, if I would feel agitated inside or, or sad or uh, disappointed, all of those kinds of feelings were all a result of my wrong thinking, you know, that I knew what was better for them than 
they did. You know, we each have our own choice and they were both of sound mind generally. And so they were able to do that for themselves. What are the greatest changes you've experienced as you cultivate Vairagya? Well, as I've had the ability to let go of just having my way, to, to let go of things and recognizing the, uh, the, the transformation that's always going on in life, that nothing stays the same. And I'm actually very happy about that in some ways. Uh, I realized that, you know, I, I could have that tendency to hang on to something. Oh, you know, well, it used to be this way. You know, our world today is so different than the world that I grew up in. And so rather than focusing on what I had before, I just focus on what it is that I'm doing now and how can I do that in the very best way. And so that cultivates something called Vivek, or in other words, I use discernment in making choices in my life. By having that discernment, those good choices come and I'm able to move beyond any limitations. So it makes life a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. With that comes this sense of deep joy and uh, a sense of freedom and peace. So it's really easy to tell when I'm attached to something because those things go away. You mentioned Vivek, discernment. And how have you experienced using discernment in your practice of yoga asana? You know, with the practice of yoga asana, just yesterday somebody asked me, you know, have you had to change your yoga practices, your yoga asana practices as a result of your age? And, uh, and you know... Uh, and just as a background, Myra's in her 62 now? 62, 62, just about 63, yeah. You know, always it's been knowing when to stop. 30 years ago when I started practicing yoga asana, I, I didn't know well how to stop. You know, to, when was that right time? My mind would uh, would want to push. And so being able to practice in moderation so that I can create some balance from the practices rather than just feeding my ego, because those things that fed my ego caused injury in those early days. But I learned how to go beyond the mental limitations and to feel and have a knowing of that distinction. And so has my practice changed? Yes, it has changed. Does it feel limited at all because of my age? No. But what I do have to pay attention to, and I think that's good for everybody, is that we need to see what's happening in our life right at that time. You know, if, we're, if we are working a little more than normal or we have some additional stressors in life, then the practice should be a little bit more moderate. And maybe then there's other times where the practice can be a little stronger. And then, of course, it, it can vary with the season somewhat also because we don't want to overheat ourselves when we're already in a hot summer, for example. So I always look at it as how can I create balance with that asana practice and help me move beyond those what are called vrittis in the mind or the mental aberrations. And it sounds like it relates back to the yamas and niyamas that you mentioned earlier, and it's particularly ahimsa. Right, that's right. We all, ahimsa is at the basis of everything. If we don't practice that nonviolence, being kindness, consideration, and respect for ourselves and for others, 
we're not going to be able to do that with others. And it's very difficult then to, to go on and to be honest, to find contentment in life, all of the other, the yamas and niyamas. And how have you experienced the importance of vivek or discernment in your practice of Ayurveda? Well, there were a few things that practicing vivek really helped with. And that was the notion of eating between meals which wasn't something I did a lot of, but, but, but there were some times. And too much sun exposure was a big one for me. I liked being in the sun, but it, you know, it imbalances the doshas even more. And of course, that intense desire to be in the sun comes as a result of imbalanced dosha to start with. You know, those things, those were examples of things that I really had to to practice that with and realize, oh, you know, I'm, I don't have good judgment in this area at this time. And then I do. So it's not just a matter of learning it. It's also a matter of when the dosha comes back into balance, then we're able to have that discernment. We have the opportunity for it. But I also had to relearn when to stop if I was tired. We, we always say that when kapha is out of balance and we feel heavy and tired, then the, then the kapha person will stop and rest, but the vata person will keep going and just push right through it, just as an example. And uh, so I had to relearn that, and now that's something that is, is part of my practice of discernment. Ah, yes, I, can, I know, you know when it's the right time to have extra rest, for example. Mm-hmm. So vivek, or discernment, then, is very important for the healing process. And have you found vairagya to be equally as important in the healing practice related to Ayurveda? It really is because people get so attached to food these days. They're attached to having certain foods at certain times or uh, just, you know, you know, have to have, have to have the chocolate. And so those attachments you know, really put us into bondage. Mm-hmm. Even besides, attachments to exercise too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those attachments to food, you know, have us really make poor choices that, that have a negative effect on our health. So the neutrality supports the acceptance and then the progress. Definitely, yes. Being neutral to things. And again, being neutral doesn't mean you don't care about it. It just means being neutral to it so that you can take it and enjoy it or you can not have it. And how does judgment relate to the healing process? Judgment holds us back in anything in life, and it harms our health, probably more than just about anything we do. It keeps us from progressing because we're just constantly feeding the ego with that, uh, whatever it is we're judging ourselves for and how we're judging ourselves, whether we're judging ourselves negatively or whether maybe we're judging ourselves as thinking we're better than others. Neither of those will will, uh, bring us any peace of mind or freedom. And the difference between judgment and discernment is the neutrality. Judgment it does not have neutrality. Discernment does. Right, okay. right. And, of course, there's the acceptance is part of that process. Great. Well, let's take a short break, and when we're back, talk more about Vivek and how it supports the practices of Ayurveda and yoga. Halipuli offers a four-week, 200-hour yoga and Ayurveda teacher training on the beautiful island of Kauai, Hawaii. A small, intimate group setting allows for a great personal connection with students, teachers, and yourself. Far more than learning postures, this yoga teacher training will help you discover more about who you truly are. 
You'll live each day immersed in the teachings of yoga and Ayurveda, unlocking your understanding of the complementary nature of the two sister sciences and giving you a unique and natural perspective on true health. Be prepared for a powerful training in all areas of life. Visit halepule.com for details. We're back. We've been talking about Vairagya and Vivek. Without Vairagya, non-attachment, there's more junk in the way of our perception and ability to discern. It limits us. Without Vivek or discernment, we have more difficulty practicing Vairagya, non-attachment. When our discernment is clouded and we're grasping onto ideas and possessions because we can't see beyond the role we perceive they play in our lives, then we suffer. Conversely, when we can discern our spiritual truth, and ultimately that all is well, then we can let go of attachments to who we think we are and what we think defines us and have a sense and experience of who we truly are. How would you describe who we truly are? Well, I think it's something that's very personal. But what I can say for myself is that, and my understanding, is that we all have Purusha or the source within us. It is the light in us. And from that, when we have a connection to that, then we can have a sense of peace, we can have a sense of joy, and we have our knowingness. We can, we can connect to that part of us that can know and understand what's best for us, for example. And that's really just a connection to the God of our heart. And what that brings us to is sattva, which is the natural state of our mind. It might not be the most common way it is. We can come to that and move in that direction. So discernment then is a key quality that can help us to cultivate sattva in our lives. And that helps us to realize ourselves as eternal spirit and to have that connection. You know, all of that is associated with the right use of our senses. I think we talked about that last month. So the ability to use the senses in a way that's productive for us and that's healthy for us requires discernment. And then how we do that has the effect on our ability to practice discernment. So it's just another way of showing us how we are holistic beings and we're part of everything in nature. Cultivating discernment sounds like a good idea to me. It seems the first step would be to become aware of what affects it negatively, such as eating food that's tamasic or dulling in nature in the body, mind, and energy. And this would include refined food, stale, overcooked, burnt, any food with refined sugar, or that's been frozen or microwaved. What else would negatively affect Vivek or discernment? Well, again, it's what we expose our senses to, what we spend our time thinking about. If one sits in front of a television watching um, dramas, then that's going to be the kind of thinking that goes on. That's what we've been programming ourselves to. And where we put our attention is where our energy goes. So that's what we're putting our energy into. So if we do that with something that has a low vibration, then we cultivate more low vibration. You know, it seems like these days people want to complain about the government and uh, whether we agree with it or not, if we spend our time complaining about it, then that really cultivates more of that low vibration in us. 
discerning what goes on in my mind and making choices about what thoughts I want to give airtime to was a huge learning for me. And I've learned that 98% of what goes on in my mind is best not listened to. And that frees up a whole lot of space. What about speech, Myra? Well, we need to pay attention to what comes out of our mouth because it, it does represent what's going on in our mind. And it's good to have some discernment to be able to have, understand that not everything that goes on in your mind needs to come out of your mouth. So we find that our attitude will be reflected. So for example, if there's sarcasm coming out, then we need to realize that we have a sarcastic attitude and perhaps we want to adjust that. So it really comes back to adjusting our thinking and then we can make a choice about what we choose to voice because whatever we we voice, you know, then we're giving even more power to it. The idea then of being able to choose our thinking comes from our beliefs and those beliefs are something that we can change. They are what direct our energy, our thinking directs that energy. And so our ability to uh, have awareness of it and to make choices about it is, is what will make a big difference in how our life goes and how we conduct ourselves. And it's reflected in our speech. It is. Okay. It is. So speaking kindly and with consciousness, then, uh, you know, of course it's going to have a positive effect. It has a positive effect on yourself as well as whoever you're speaking to. Uh, And so anytime we put our energy in a certain direction, then we do cultivate more of that. In other words, practicing kindness in our speech and in our attitude will obviously bring more of that into us. I remember when I had very little discrimination in what I thought or said, and my mind was so busy it had a thousand thoughts in less than a minute and felt completely unmanageable. And many of them were negative and not correct, 98%. (laughs) I also had little ability to discern what came out of my mouth. I was so nervous and insecure in life that I babbled constantly in an attempt to dispel the pent-up anxious energy. I had desires to manifest certain experiences and results in my life, but they were counteracted by my thinking and my speech. Now that I have some consciousness in these areas, I can more directly work with my energy and as a result, shift my attitude. I feel clearer and in that clarity, I have greater discernment and can make choices aligned with my true desires, which are to have a healthy, balanced and harmonious life. We've talked about being aware of what negatively affects Vivek or discernment. In addition to turning away from what dulls it, what can we do to enhance discernment? Well, it's a nice practice to recognize when you want to speak very quickly in response to something, and that would be your time to take pause. When you are uncertain about something that you want to say, you want to ask yourself if it's truthful to the best of your knowledge, is it necessary And does it bring sweetness to life in the long term? Sometimes we have to say things that are difficult in the short term, but is it going to bring sweetness overall? And those are the things that are suggested in yoga to use as a way of determining whether something is good to say. And of course, choosing silence over speech can be a a good choice at times. It can strengthen the mind as long as we're being respectful of others. 
And then, of course, cultivating more sattva in our life, the food we eat, the activities we participate in, you know, being around very nice sounds, uh, either quiet or sounds of nature, getting rid of the television, for example, and spending some time in nature, or studying something of a spiritual nature or creative hobbies, relationships with people, and uh, our yoga practices. So these are all the things that we can do that help us to cultivate sattva in our life if we have you know, that intention and that attitude. And certainly a daily pranayama practice and meditation are going to make a big difference. Even starting with five minutes will make a big difference. And making the, the conscious effort to practice consciousness in all areas of life, not just when we're in our yoga practices. Uh, so for example, when you're washing dishes or when you live with other people, to be considerate of them, you know, to not leave a trail behind you that they have to clean up or adjust because you were there or because you did something. So enjoying whatever we're doing, washing dishes, cooking our food, sitting with a friend, pay attention to all of the senses and how you're experiencing it. Be, be right there in the present. For the listeners who relate to my unmanageable mind and mouth story, what simple things can they start working with to cultivate greater discernment in their mind and speech and as a result, greater ability to direct their energy? Well, you can set the intention each day for how you'd like to conduct your thinking and speaking. In other words, a prayer first thing in the morning or using mantra is also very helpful for this. And if you find yourself in, in poor thinking, then you can back up in the process so that you go back to what, where did this start for me today? And you can clear the energy or clear the charge right there. And then you want to explore what are those beliefs that are driving my thinking. You can use tools like the intuitive energy practice to clear out those old beliefs. Sometimes we start to rely on those beliefs and we get fixed ideas about life, which really create a lot of limitation. And then you want to validate, you know, that you're taking some new approaches in life and enjoy it. Developing Vivek has seemed to be a slower process for me and sometimes a little bit painful, but since everything is energy and energy can move in an instant, can it be smooth and just a quick enjoyable shift? It sure can. It depends on how much ahamkara or ego we're hanging on with. <laughs> it depends on how much of that we've built up. We certainly need our ego just to, just to be in the world, but it's just a matter of how much it dictates what we're doing. So it requires ongoing practice for most of us. The yogic texts talk about the path of yoga is really about life. And it requires persistence and determination over a long period of time. And, you know, that's okay because it's really the process of life where we find our joy. And that's where life is. And if we think that we have to get to one particular point in order to be okay or in order to enjoy it, I, 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 think, this is, I think this is very limiting in life. Uh, so if we keep ourselves pointed in the direction we want to go, then we'll, we will develop more 
discernment as we allow ourselves to practice non-attachment. In other words, as we do that, then it becomes smoother and much more quick for myself. You know, sometimes I'll find myself, you know, wanting that feeling of attaching to something, you know, oh, but I don't want that to change or, and, you know, in an instant, then I can let it go and move on. It does get better. So the suffering can stop. And it really gets much better with an attitude of gentleness and really have an intention to enjoy life. And with that, my experience is that it actually goes faster. You know, if I bring in a gold sun to replenish myself in the intuitive energy practice, that gold sun just creates a shift of energy right then. And I can let go right in that moment. And so that practice of the gold sun is actually discernment because I'm choosing to do that rather than focusing on a problem, for example. You know, we feel pain and suffering when we have resistance in the process of life or we become attached to something. So the more we keep going in the direction of sattva, then then the pain passes quickly and the suffering reduces or even becomes non-existent. The most important is to be gentle with yourself and with others, to see yourself as perfectly imperfect and to keep walking in the direction of your truth. Those are two big concepts we talked about today. Mm -hmm. Lots of opportunity for all of us. (laughs) That's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to work with us to determine the best approach for you, we offer consultations in person and by phone, Skype, or FaceTime. Thanks so much for listening to Everyday Ayurveda and Yoga. Don't forget, if you have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover, just submit your question on Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag AskHaleePule. That's H-A-L-E-P-U-L-E. And if you want to go deeper on your own path toward health, book a consultation at HaleePule.com. In Ayurveda, we understand that we each have a unique constitution. Halipule's tridoshic approach is ideal for families and supports multiple constitutions. You can cultivate sattva in cooking, knowing that you're making meals that support everyone's constitution. Subtle adjustments may be required, but it doesn't need to be a stress point. To learn our tridoshic approach to create nourishing meals, Join simple Ayurvedic cooking with Halepule. Their recipes are easy, delicious, and will leave you feeling energized. And the link to join is in our show notes.